Hey, Macrodosing listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball Nip. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball Nips and have a great time on the golf course. Welcome back to another episode of Macro Dosing. This is going to be a very fun one. Today, we're getting into a topic very near and dear. I'll say this. I think that we're going to see the reemergence of smart Billy today. I'm pretty confident. At least we're going to see passionate Billy come at us because this is a topic that's near and dear to his heart. It's biohacking. We're going to be talking about CRISPR. This is Billy right now is like a like a uh, one year old golden retriever that you've left in a pen all day. Then you come home from work. He's just shaking with excitement. He's got all sorts of questions. So it's going to be a great episode. We're going to get into some some fun stuff, some crazy stuff. I actually think that we've got our first interview here. We're going to be interviewing Josiah Zayner. He's a doctor. He's a biohacker. He's a controversial guy, but he's done a lot of studying and he's actually a participated biohack. He biohacked himself. Um, so it'll be fascinating to uh, to have that conversation with him before we get into everything because Billy's just absolutely fucking lootly ready to go right now. Uh, we were talking right before we went on the air about uh, how somebody needs to biohack the hiccups <laughs> because I've had the hiccups a, a lot recently. I don't know what's going on. And then Coley just told me that he cured the hiccups. Not that he has a cure, <laughs> that you cured the hiccups. How did you do that? Listen, if you Google Coley Mick, hiccups come up, I believe, is the third thing these days it, it's in the top five okay, like, Mick, is, yeah coley mick thing. barstool coley mick feet pictures coley mm-hmm. mick hiccups yep you're mm-hmm. right yeah those are the top three um so back in december marty mush tweeted out <clears throat> and you're gonna have to ignore the beginning of this tweet because it's from marty mush middle school is bullshit they said hold your breath to make sure your diaphragm slows down so you don't have hiccups but guess what i still have hiccups I don't remember that part of middle school, but it reminded me that someone a while, even earlier than that, had tweeted me that a Nicaraguan grandfather who practiced medicine in New York had the cure all along. And I have signal boosted his cure to the point where now every day someone tweets me, thank you, because of my good work here. What you do is you fill your lungs via the mouth. You have to use your mouth. Okay. You swallow twice in a row while holding your breath. Now, it's a dry swallow, depending on how your mouth and, and glands work. But it's it's a drier, especially that second one, a little drier swallow. Mm-hmm. This is like, you know, that small, small hole they put on like the back of your router or some shit to reset it? Yeah. This is your body's reset button. Hmm. Um, so you do that swallow twice, and then you exhale very controlled and slowly through your nose. Boom, they're gone. Okay. That, thank you for your service, Coley. I've got a way that usually works like 90% of the time, but that to me, if you're talking about like the reset button that you have to use a ballpoint pen to hit, uh, yeah. that the analogy that you made actually convinces me that, that your method is probably better. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why they make the reset button so small that you have to find like a bobby pin or some shit, but that's a different, different topic for a different day. Well, I think they I think do. That's, I think that's smart. Yeah. I think that's smart because I don't disagree that it's not smart, but it's almost like they should have a tool built into it. Cause I don't always have like a paper clip or something at like at the ready. 
it's smart though because you don't want to be keep you don't keep on hitting the reset button on accident you know yeah. For sure. And also, they probably get some calls to the cable repairman to come over from some older ladies that are like, I can't find the reset button. They make it just hard enough that the layperson has to pay $50 to have somebody come over to their house, use like the special instrument for it, and then reset it that way. Uh, but yeah, let, let's get into a little bit of today's topic before we jump into the interview. Um, it's biohacking. We're going to be talking about CRISPR, which is fascinating. I've done so, a real little quick, bit of real quick, real quick, real yep. quick, real quick. Got to do this. RIP to DMX, dog. True. Childhood, hero. I was one of the kids, like, when his album first came out, I was on it first. And when I seen other people had it, I was mad. I was that kid. I was like, you don't know nothing about DMX. I was, I was that kid. <laughs> but DMX is a legend. RIP. Had to get that out there. Yeah. <clears throat> Good point. Uh-huh. And, and he was, it's like him and uh, Vince Wilfork are the two guys that make wearing overalls with no undershirt look cool. Nobody else right. in the world can do that but those two guys. Shout out Qu- to the homies. Quick story. DMX is from Yonkers and he performed um, the went the police fight the firefighters for charity, a boxing match in the gym <laughs> I trained out of. Uh-huh. Um, DMX performed at this like tiny charity event and it was awesome. It was literally like so sick. So all weekend just bumping. I would argue the greatest um, rap entertainer, like performer of all time. Like his his shows are amazing. His energy is, is amazing. I think he's one of the, he's the only artist, rap artist. I, I can't I can't speak to all artists. But I think he's the only rap artist to have two number one albums in one year. That's crazy. Yeah. No one, <clears throat> no one, any genre has done that since. Back. So mm-hmm. he's he's a and he's he was a great actor. Like just an amazing, amazing. I mean, he he, he had his demons for show, but he was he was a great he was a great one. <laughs> the one thing I had trouble with since his passing was like coming up with a comparison for him. The only people I can compare him to are like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Like when I think DMX, I think hard hits. I think like he, I feel like he had the anthems for so many highlight reels of defensive backs in the early two thousands. Yeah. He had the best hype music, like locker room hype music. Like everyone got, everyone got hyped to that. It was him and then let the bodies hit the floor. Those were the only two choices that you could make when you were putting together a YouTube highlight reel. Those were the, those were the suburban schools, man. Dude, <laughs> I, saw, I saw Arian's highlight reel. Uh, NFL throwback tweeted out your highlight reel from like 2012, 2013 on, uh, the, on Friday. What was the music? I think it was just the, the actual call of the game. Okay. I, was, I, hope, yeah. I hope it wasn't bodies at the floor. I was like, it's going to be wrong. It was not. It was disturbed down with the sickness. Even better. <laughs> I, that's I, matter of fact, I want to ask this guy, Josiah, when we get him on, I want to be like, hey, if you have a player that's on your fantasy team and he's got a hamstring injury, can you be like, I want to give that guy my hamstring through biohacking? And maybe that's a way so, I might be able to get you off the IR one of these days, Aaron. I'm already off the IR. So I, I think back on that motherfucker. Neither. I think we should start to just like differentiate CRISPR from biohacking. So biohacking is sort of just like, you know, hacking your own body and making, you know, decisions that aren't necessarily a hundred percent medical science in order to enhance your brain, your body, or, you know, like anything you're trying to do. So for example, um, you know, this has nothing to do with CRISPR, but like, you know, taking supplements like to work out and to like gain lean muscle mass is technically biohacking. Okay. So like, for example, you know, like 
if you take amino acids or certain uh, supplements to help like, you know, uh, make you more vascular when you work out, that is all technically biohacking. What about technically straight up drinking water? Is that biohacking is getting eight hours of sleep a night? Is that like, where, where is the line drawn between things that we do to improve our health and where biohacking comes in? Is it just like things that are a little bit abnormal or out of the ordinary at that point it's biohacking? And that I, was think, my, I, yeah. I was, I was going to ask that, right? And so this it really gets into a philosophical question, right? And this is why. I've, I've had this conversation with people plenty of times before. They're like, oh, it's not natural. I'm like, what mm. does that even mean? What does natural even mean? They're like, if it's not like, um, I guess the, the technical definition, if it's, if it's not, um, like if humans didn't um, manipulate it in some way or fashion. I'm like, okay, if that's the case, then <clears throat> are beaver dams natural? Yeah, they're mm. natural. So why why is the manipulation of sticks in their environment natural, but when we manipulate our environment, that's not natural? I don't understand that. Hmm. I don't know, so, Billy. Don't turn to that angle. When you turn at that <laughs> angle, your nose looks. You're doing the nose thing again, <laughs> Avery. Whatever you do, don't clip that. Don't clip that and zoom in on it. But yeah, I mean that's that's actually a good question. Like <laughs> beavers, all they know is how to build dams. Like all, right. like if you get down to humans' basic nature. All we really know how to do is eat, sleep, drink, and fuck. That's about it. So like anything that falls outside of those purviews, is that does that become biohacking? So I don't know. Billy, you you're the one that's done the most research on this. Like where would you say the line is drawn? Basically, it's sort of like, you know, it, it's honestly the only definition is sort of the ethic of like, you know, DIY basically. Like you're taking your health, your body into your own hands. It's like, you know, you're work, like working on your car. Like, you know, you install things, you put modifications on your truck engine or whatnot. You jack up your truck. Like, like those sort of, you know, self sort of um, reliance is sort of the basis of biohacking. So, so yeah. CrossFit, they're biohackers. Uh, that's more like exercise, you'd say, but like it's more of, you know, taking so basically i like to take theanine with caffeine so like if you mix uh l-theanine which is an amino acid with caffeine it has a nootropic effect and it enhances your cognitive function there's evidence and you know helps you focus and like you know do work and like homework and stuff and those sort of little things that people are doing have become this whole culture and you know steroid culture is biohacking you know, people trying to enhance their bodies is biohacking. But I find the stuff that people are doing for their brains is like so cool because, you know, they're trying to fit like, I think we can all agree that, you know, mental health has definitely come to the forefront of our culture recently because we use our brains so much more um, than previous generations. Just every day we use our brain more than our bodies nowadays, and you know, our sedentary lifestyle. But um, with that, you're seeing leaps and bounds, you know, like microdosing mushrooms for, you know, depression, anxiety is biohacking, but it's just, since it's, you know, using yourself as a laboratory is just fascinating to me. And, you know, this is where CRISPR comes in. Hypothesis about where CRISPR is going to lead us. Mm-hmm. I'll let you, I'll let you, uh, my, my, my stepfather's a PhD geneticist, right? And so we've had these conversations with him for, for years. Like, that's what he did for, for years. <clears throat> um, that's, that was his profession. He actually, Tyson chickens, 
I said this in, in the pre-show, but Tyson Chicken, uh, that company, he actually genetically engineered the first uh, makeup of of those chickens, that that batch of chickens that that they used, and so he got like a, a residual check every single month for decades. Like he's he's like he's the man. Quick, quick question: Did that was that edited genes or mm. was it selective um, uh, selective breeding for the chicken? Selective breeding. Okay. Okay, so yeah, I, I've definitely heard that turkeys they can't naturally breed anymore because we bred them to a point where their breasts are too big, where they physically like can't mount another turkey. So the, every turkey that you eat mm-hmm. is a product of a guy, and you can hear a great explanation from this from Mike Rowe when he came on Pardon My Take and talked about jacking off a turkey and how that's a job, <laughs> and the turkey basically skeets into its own butt, and then that's how you get an egg. It's it's actually it's disgusting. But it's really interesting to hear. So you're telling me, Aaron, that your your stepdad has chickens in syndication where he just like sits at home <laughs> and every day he gets royalties off birds. Yeah, <laughs> man. It's wild. He's like, you just this, this is the fascinating shit, right? And why I'm I'm like so interested in everything, right? It's because one day I was having a conversation with him. And I was like, yo, because he he like understands genome. The genome, like DNA and sequencing, he understands that shit on a level I'll never understand it, right? It's what he did for a living. And so to me, in my eyes, it's like you kind of get a peek behind the window of life. Like you kind of understand how life works on a different level than the average being. So I asked him one day, I was like, what is it like kind of like seeing behind the curtains? And he's like, he said the most fascinating shit ever to me. He said, you know what, man? He said, all I know is I know a whole lot about a very little. And I was like, that is fucking profound, dog. And like that kind of, was the catalyst into why I'm so interested in all the different sciences and everything. Because it's like, if you just sit and, you know, watch Netflix all day and just fucking, I don't waste away. There's brilliant people doing brilliant shit all day, every day. And like, you have access to it. So like, go fucking look for it. Yeah. I, I like that. If, if you find a lane and you dominate that lane, it's kind of a recipe for success. Like billion frogs, Arian and football <laughs> and being inquisitive, Coley and hiccups. Like, Get 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 your brand straight. That's that's the best Bro, idea that you can be dude, given. Yeah, brand up, dog. Brand up. Brand We're gonna up. get deep into frogs later. Oh, I'm sure you will. No, trust me. No, seriously, because this guy breeds frogs too. You mean after the podcast is over? Oh, no, this is okay. Balls, no, this is how I got blocked. A toad. Josiah does experiments on frogs, and it's fascinating. But now let's get down to what CRISPR is all right we're, just we're, okay but context. before we get into that so i i just want to say like i'm typically okay generally speaking with the idea if somebody wants to perform like an experiment on themselves they're aware of the risks and they've done some studying uh i don't have a problem with that but when we start to get into the crispr stuff and what we'll talk about later there are implications where you're modifying things that could get passed on to future generations mm-hmm. And that opens up a whole new can of worms that we can't even begin to figure out the ramifications of. So I'm, I'm sure we'll talk to, to Josiah about this when he gets on a little bit. But the difference I see between like uh, biohacking is one thing where you can you know figure out different ways to kind of take shortcuts. That's why they call it hacking, right? Mm-hmm. And then CRISPR is actually talking about fucking with the building blocks of life and the building blocks of your own body and your reproductive genes <clears throat> to a certain extent. And that's where, I mean, there are awesome implications for it. But then you get into the Jurassic Park side of things too. But yeah, so that, that's a, it's, it's a sub-level, I think, of biohacking because there are things that you can do with CRISPR that people have already done where it changes your makeup from day to day 
not necessarily passing it along. And to a certain extent, I think that that's okay if you have a good understanding of what you're doing. The problem is if you're getting all of your information from the bodybuilding.com forums, I know it's a great place mm. to go. Maybe the, the single most important collection of <laughs> literature on earth. Uh, but there, if you don't have a full picture of what you're getting into, it can be pretty dangerous. So <laughs> this is my disclaimer saying don't do it just because Billy tells you to do it. Having Billy in your life is already enough of a biohack where just his presence <laughs> – influences you to do dangerous stuff. So just make sure that you don't take everything that Billy says a hundred percent certain. Just look at it like a fascinating conversation, but Billy go off. Don't do SARMs kids. They're really bad for your brain. Bodybuilding form reference. Um, so CRISPR. Yeah. CRISPR is clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. That is the acronym. So how it works. And this is actually sort of very relevant nowadays, but to kind of describe how it works, you got to describe how viruses work because what people don't realize is that um, when a virus gets into your body, it hijacks your cells by injecting its um, RNA into the nucleus of the cell and causes the cell to start producing more viruses. So like, uh, for example, a herpy, right? A herpy is just a bunch of exploded cells. Just one herpy. Viral load, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it is. So how these viruses do it is they hijack the DNA of cells. So what scientists have realized is that if viruses can go inside cells and hijack DNA, what if they used the viruses, um, you know, hijacking skills to put in not their DNA to make more viruses, but to change the DNA within the cells to maybe produce more of these cells that are similar or, you know, um, change. So to, yeah. To that, to that point. Like, mm. So that's, that's how vaccines work, right? Vaccines is <clears throat> it'll get a copy of what that virus is. And it, 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 uh, it like boosts your, or it, it alerts your immune system yeah. to, to recognize what that virus is that way it becomes immune to it right now we got to tread carefully with that sort of stuff because some vaccines are just dead virus whereas the new right the new mrna vaccines that are coming out we got to tread very lightly here because i don't want you're just you're just you're just just explaining how viruses work and how we have used that information to combat it i mean we're not we're not fucking we're not gonna yeah. So the, I think the idea no, behind the CRISPR research is that what you're what you're doing is you're using the virus's playbook. You're yeah. you're you're learning from a virus and you're saying, okay, if a virus can make your cells produce uh, viruses, then we can inject something else in there that will make your cells take on our plan, and your cells will start to replicate <clears throat> whatever it is we put into them. Right, Billy? Exactly. C- and I really want to. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, real quick. So, <clears throat> this was a, a a point that my stepdad like was telling me about. So it's like, so what it does is like, so like they'll take Cas9, which is a protein, right? They'll take Cas9 protein, and then they'll take um uh uh, uh a guiding RNA, right? And so they'll mm-hmm. they'll combine those two, <clears throat> and then for whatever reason, Cas9 protein um can seek out whatever it is that you want it to. And it like, it cuts the DNA 
right? And the, and the guiding RNA is, is what you use to replace that sequence with. And so it's fascinating as fuck how we can literally uh, pinpoint what we want to change and how we want to change it. And that is like the vehicle to do so, which is the Cas9 protein and the guiding RNA. Uh, reading about all the experiments that have been done and, you know, how some of this is, you know, going to be able to cure cancer because like it's it's so fascinating but one thing i wanted to look at and to sort of explain how it works um myostatin is a compound that your body releases to prevent uh your body from creating too much muscle it's like an off switch for your muscle growth you might have um I don't know. <laughs> but uh, there's dogs and cows, breeds that have been selectively bred to have less myostatin. At the time, they didn't know that's why they were more muscular, but they just chose the most jacked animals and bred them with other jacked animals and created like Belgian blue cattle yeah. or bully whippets, which if you've seen those pictures of that like super jacked dog, that's a dog with no myostatin and even occurs in humans. There's this one German baby that was born. That's like absolutely jacked. Mm. And everyone's like, what the hell is going on? Um, <clears throat> that's, that's, but yeah, that's, that's an, that's an important point, but it's like, I don't think people really think about this shit is how fascinating it is though. Like, because I don't, mm. I don't, I, I'm, uh, I'm curious to see what big T thinks about this because mm. like the, uh, the dude that was ahead of, um, the human uh, genome project, which was like a decade plus long uh, trek to try to figure out our entire genomes, right? And we still don't know everything, but we have a pretty good idea. So he was, he is Christian, right? And so mm -hmm. a big, a big debate amongst like fundamentalist Christians is a, a lot of people don't think uh, evolution happened. And he said, he's the head of the genome project. And he was like, if there was no fossil evidence, if there was no other evidence of any kind of evolution ever, all the evidence that you need is in our DNA. You can, it's, it's right there. Everything mm -hmm. that we are is DNA. Everything that we can be is DNA. That's why we're saying, that, that's why they say like, you're really closely related to a banana. You're really closely related mm -hmm. to, to chimps. You're really closely related to everything that is living <clears throat> because we all share the same, uh, building blocks of life which is dna mm -hmm. so billy uh can you walk us through real quick like how mm -hmm. how this CRISPR project is it called a CRISPR project is that what it was called at the beginning like we called it the human genome project because i feel like for years and years yeah. all scientists were talking about was figuring out the damn genome like figuring out mm -hmm. exactly how that fit together and then uh there was one scientist or actually like a couple scientists that got together and they were focusing on rna instead and they're like, we think that this might be the key. Mm -hmm. And then it's just the last couple of years where I guess uh, a, a lot of the focus has shifted over to the RNA stuff. Mm. Because the so basically the genome project was is a separate project in its own right, where they were just basically trying to figure out the c total code for human DNA and basically just map out the genome and sort of like, you know, uh, all of our DNA is, you know, cytosine, guanine, adenosine. I think I might be butchering this, but it's four basic compounds. CTGA. Yeah, exactly. And it's just the human genome is just a combination of thousands of thousands of, you know, those all in different orders. And that's what genes are. 
So it's literally like, you know, people talk about, oh, I don't want to talk about the simulation theory, but it's literally like code, like in our bodies. And basically what CRISPR does is it chops up that code and turns off certain genes or turns off on genes that you want by using this, uh, you know, sort of viral um, editing, basically. And so what we've gotten is, you know, we're doing research with these. Um, I need to ask Josiah about this. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. But I think the new vaccines, the new mRNA vaccines are actually a product of CRISPR. And, um, but I'm not totally, don't quote me on that. But the, the testing, you know, there is a huge amount of uh, ethical dilemmas when dealing with this because we want to use this as a medicine to help people. But to do that, we have to test CRISPR on people at some point before it becomes, um, you know, a good treatment. So, you know, basically you have all these, you have basic um, experiments where they take stuff like mice and they inject them with these myostatin inhibitors. So you just have a bunch of jacked mice who like, you know, have uh, two times the muscle mass as a regular mouse. Um, And, you know, they've started to do it to, uh, AIDS patients who are um, terminally, they, they have AIDS. So they inject them with uh, CRISPR technology for them to, uh, some people are immune to HIV and AIDS. They like have a protein that allows them to, uh, you know, fight the virus better than other people. And basically to try to turn that gene on in people who are terminally ill, they were testing on them and they've seen a lot of results in the viral load and the people went down. I like how, um, how Billy's uh, basic tenets for like the usefulness and what a giant impact the, the CRISPR studies and mRNA research is going to have on, on the world moving forward is like it's going to save billions of lives and it's going to make animals strong as fuck. You're going to see the most swole mice, like some, some right. you're going to see like big ass lions that are capable. Is that a concern of yours, Billy, that at some point the animals are going to become too strong? Because I've seen <laughs> The, your well, mind goes immediately to Jurassic Park, right? When you start talking about all this right, stuff. Exactly. And that well, is one of the ethical concerns yeah. is like you could, when you get this deep into it and you start analyzing the mm. code for stuff, you could figure out something that actually does turn a frog into a T-Rex. Well, the myostatin, basically when you do turn, like the body does stuff for certain reasons. And when you start messing around with different genes, you see the reactionary feedback. So for example, all the animals that have myostatin inhibitors naturally or CRISPR applied all ended up with heart problems because basically there was too much muscles for their heart to support. And they had respiratory problems because they're so heavy. Like myostatin definitely has a role and that's why you shouldn't really, uh, you know, for example, like, you know, if you have all that unnatural muscle mass, it, makes it becomes non-functional and you end up, you know, taking a dive in 10 seconds because you just can't handle all the muscle you put on. Right. You can't, you can't survive somebody that that gets into war mode against you. So, so the, so CRISPR has been shown to be able to do what it was created to do, change genes, turn on genes, turn off genes and help try to treat serious, um, you know, diseases that we haven't found cures for yet. Um, but what has happened is, you know, you have this ethical dilemma. So recently there was the 
in 2018, there was the He Zhangku affair, which is a doctor in China who used CRISPR technology on two twins in the womb uh, in order to um, they okay so the mother and father were both HIV positive and in the they wanted to conceive so they um, the doctor rounded up uh, several different parents who were both HIV positive and you know they're like we can't have a baby because our baby will have HIV. And he was like, okay, we're going to do a test so you can conceive a child that is resistant to HIV. Both the twins were born in October of 2018. And with this treatment, both tested negative for HIV. So the Chinese government actually arrested him because they basically called him, you know, Frankenstein. Like you can't just do these secret tests on people. He only came out about the, um, you know, the testing and the uh, experiment after the children were born and healthy, just like, but he just went through with this without getting it passed any sort of governing body. Right. Not to, so, not to get all caring yeah. on you though. Uh, devil's advocate, yeah. the other side, like I see a value in putting restrictions. Like there's a reason why he wasn't allowed to do that yeah. and he did it. And when it comes to HIV, especially oh, no, 100%. you, there are ways that you yeah. can make sure that your babies don't have HIV even if you are HIV positive. So what he was doing was he was doing a different way mm -hmm. for the sake of experimentation on a set of twins to see if this technology mm -hmm. could work. And it looks like it worked, but we don't know what's going to happen mm -hmm. uh, like down the line because right. he did mess with these kids and they had, you know, as far as ethical concerns, the babies, the fetus didn't really have mm -hmm. a say one way or another. And right. uh, so I, I can understand why there's um, there are punishments if a doctor does do something like that. Because it's dangerous and it's fucked up if like the kids end up with some sort of disease down the line and they're like, hey, I, yeah, I'm a product of what my parents chose to do before I was even born. I understand that. Uh, I also think that there's like future implications about – I'll put it this way. Sometimes things that suck in the moment for an individual uh, end up being a benefit to the human race in the long run. Mm -hmm. So an example of that is sickle cell. So sickle cell is uh, – it, it's uh, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but it's a disorder where it makes it difficult for certain things to bind on to other things inside your system. It affects uh, a high proportion of African-Americans because it was um, actually a genetic asset in sub-Saharan Africa. So you know, thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands, years, however long ago it was, um, it made it more resistant for malaria to bind onto your cells if you had the sickle cell trait. And so it ended up being passed along because it was an evolutionary advantage. Now, right now, it's not really an evolutionary advantage. In fact, like a lot of people have to struggle with it and they deal with mm -hmm. it and it's really shitty for a lot of people. But that's an example, like it could go the other way as well. There might be something that's mm -hmm. not desirable uh, as we would think, you know, what is desirable, what's not today that will be passed along and through evolution 10,000, 20,000 years from now, that will actually be an asset to the human race to have that in their system. So when we're kind of playing God and messing around with things that can be passed on to the next generation, generations after that, that to me is where it becomes, I don't know like where the line is drawn, but it, for lack of a better term, it's fucking spooky to do that. You know, like it, it, it blows your mind. It makes you feel like you're doing something that you shouldn't necessarily be doing to the human race.
So just let me play devil's advocate. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Just to correct you real quick. So if you're double, if you have both, if both your parents have the sickle cell gene and you have a double recessive sickle cell, then you have sickle cell and it's bad. But if you only have one of the genes, then you're resistant to malaria. So that, so if it was like heterozygous versus homozygous, it's so it's not if you have sickle cell, you're immune to malaria. Right. The it's trait, just, I'm, I'm saying like the yeah. trait can be an asset and you're right. It's right. been, it's been yeah. years since I, I read yeah. up on that, but it, yeah, it's no. kind of the same principle. Yeah. I think yeah. Point, his point was just that uh, it was an evolutionary um, combatant to a, 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 uh, a earth, earth, right. a, a, um, I don't know, is this a disease? I don't even call it. Is it a disease? Is is it's, a, a, it's, a, it's trait. a genetic it's a trait that you have? Yeah, yeah it's disorder. where like like you know most cells are like oval or circle and and sickle cells like they're, they're the the when you have sickle cell the, those cells are moon shaped and it, and it gets hard for um, those cells yeah. to pass oxygen to to different parts of the body. But I'm gonna play devil's advocate to uh, PFT real quick. Hit me because <clears throat> I do see the the disadvantages to quote unquote playing God, right? But um, there's also ethical concerns that come up by not playing God. Point in case, say we say say our scientists say 100%, we can eliminate cancer in your baby, the possibility of cancer in your baby with CRISPR. We have found out a way, we found the gene, your baby will not get cancer. Do you then say no to that? Oh, I a hundred percent say yes. Like me talking to you, man to man. If I'm thinking of like, do I want my my baby to uh, not have the risk of ever having cancer? I say yes. But then if you like put me in a chair in a dark room with like a couple black lights for a few days and just make me think by myself and get real philosophical with it, then I start to get to the point where I'm like, you know what? It's, it's we're playing God. One, it's domino effect. One thing leads to another. But you're absolutely right. Like a million percent. As a person, I'm like, yes, a hundred percent, you know? So, so this is where, again, because like the, the shit with CRISPR is the thing with it is, uh, you can do things like change your baby's eye color. You can do things mm. like, uh, you know, make, make them a little stronger, make them a little, make them a little more, uh, uh, intelligent, whatever the case may be, whatever that means. Right. Um, what I see, this is going to be the, at the forefront of, of human debate in the next hundred years. This is going mm-hmm. to be the most talked about and the most debated thing ever. Mm-hmm. Because in my opinion, this is how we, and this is a little out there, but this is how we become an intergalactic species. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you can, you can, there, there's no, there's no debate that uh, technology is the future of our, of our culture. Okay. And I don't see, uh, any kind of parting with human beings somehow, some way in the future being connected with that. There's, there's just, there's just no way. And so if you, if you then can, can get rid of disease, you then can get rid of, you, you, you then can be uh, selective about what traits humans can or cannot have. Mm. What you're going to have is a bunch of superhumans, super smart, super intelligent, super emotionally intelligent, Right. Mm. Uh, and then you have technology. We figure out a way to uh, integrate with technology. There's just no way around it, in my opinion, that this is going to happen. I, I don't see any way around. Like us 
not having the internet in our heads already, it, that's 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 old. Like we're going to integrate with technology. We are going to there's the, the, our evolution is that. That's how I see it. It sounds. Like, I don't think I don't think it's wrong. Honestly, it sounds like you're saying that sports are going to kick ass in like 200 <laughs> years. I think they're going to be trash. Actually, <laughs> everyone's going to be Everyone's going to be too good. Everybody's super nice. That shit gonna be horrible, bro. Um, I was so I was thinking about this a lot, and you know, there's the idea that um, the wealthy are gonna get access to this technology first, and then not only leftists. Yeah, well, not only are they gonna be, you know, there's gonna be financial inequality, but there's gonna be, you know, uh, able like you know that like all the rich people will be superhumans. And I was thinking about this and I was like, I was, I was reading up a bunch of, about a bunch of stuff, but I don't think there's a gene, one single gene that makes you smart and makes you intelligent. And I was like, cause it's a combination of a bunch of different genes. And I feel like, you know, w- one person being smart and another person being smart, it's not cause they have the same gene. It's because of like, learned a bunch of stuff yeah that's like a that's a philosophical question though because we still don't 100 percent know what intelligence is that's why i said what does that even mean because um a lot of uh of people associated with iq right well Mm. iq is a certain set of tests that is directed towards a certain outcome right it it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily denote intelligence on the full spectrum of intelligence right and so the 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 very fact that we gauge intelligence by that test is is asinine but it's a good indicator of uh, awareness of patterns, awareness of things like that, mm. right? Which is a subset of intelligence, right? But to encompass an entirety of, of what intelligence is, we don't know what that means yet. Um, but we don't, we don't know all of what's in our DNA either, right? Mm. A lot of that is a mystery. <clears throat> we don't understand it. So my thing is, I don't think that it is immoral um, to... Uh, go ahead with experimenting with this. I just don't think it is. I think it's just the natural human progression of of, of trying to figure out uh, how to better ourselves in every single way. And this is just it's just like it's just like um, medicine, in my opinion. Medicine mm-hmm. in the early 1700s was wild, right? Like crazy <laughs> shit. Like and but but they were they, they were doing what they knew best to do in order to keep people healthy. And to me, this is just uh, the modern version of that. Like we we're, we're on the precipice of like something mm-hmm. that i feel will change hu- humanity for the forever the, so, the it, thing yeah so, the so thing. going back to the intelligence thing though uh the more we become interconnected having everybody be the exact same level of intelligence or have like this huge increase that might actually go against what you were saying earlier Aaron, which is like find your lane and know the most about it like mm-hmm. if if you yeah. if you give somebody if you increase their brain capacity like fifty percent as opposed to the <clears> nine or ten percent or whatever they're using right now and have them live in like Antarctica, they're gonna know everything about ice, right? They're gonna be the fucking ice captains of the world. They're gonna be the most uh, like intelligent people when it comes to that one thing. But if everyone's connected and you know you've manipulated the genes a little bit, then everyone is just gonna be kind of flailing, kind of maybe in the same lane. Maybe maybe the world's gonna be not enough for them, you know. Well, I know. See, and that it, I always say it goes. It's like philosophy, right? Because this is, that's, that's, what, that's what it is at this point. But is that not the goal, right? If that's, mm. that should be the goal of humanity is to make society be as comfortable 
and as happy as possible. And to me, that's all we all try to do, right? Every single invention is just is just for comfort, right? How can I make you more comfortable? How can I make you more uh, a little more happy than you already are? That's all we all try to do. To me, this is just on a grander scale. Um, I don't. I just don't see anything wrong with it. I look at it like you know, like the Matrix. At the end of the day, is like you sit down, nigga, be like, yo, I want to know kung fu. Plug you up. Now you know kung fu. Like, why should information be so hard to to get? I think in our society now, we we associate uh, growth with pain, but it doesn't have to be. If I went through all the pain in my life, right. I'm not going to want my child to go through the same pain I went through, right? If I can ease or aid that in any way, I'm going to pass him down the, gy- the gems that I've learned so that he doesn't have to walk the walk that I walked. But what about art? Because a lot of great art comes from pain, comes from struggle. Like if, if everybody mm. is you know, optimized to the point where they don't experience as much, like back to your, <clears throat> your case in point, DMX, he was a great artist. A lot of that probably came from a pace, uh, place of real pain that he had early on in his life and what he went through. And you can tell the difference between somebody that's being authentic with whatever art they're putting forward and somebody that's not, I, I, this is drifting probably like a little far afield of talking about like RNA and shit. But, right, yes. but let, let me just answer that question because that's, that's a great point you bring up. Like what about art? In my opinion, art is, is like a spectrum of emotions, right? It's just an expression of a spectrum of emotions. So if the goal is to eliminate all the bad shit, I, I don't, I wouldn't even necessarily say that's the goal. I think, human interaction will still have uh, negative aspects to it. But all of the encompassing environmental factors, we should try to do everything that we can to aid that. Art, I don't, I don't think we'll ever die because humans still have emotions and we're going to express those as mm. much as we can. At some point, we'll just have like a farm, just like a, a, a giant town of people. Pro- What's the most artistic place in the world, would you say? Vermont. Uh, Vermont. Yeah, we'll have one colony in Vermont. <laughs> we'll have we'll have one in, in Louisiana. I feel like most of American culture radiates out from Louisiana, and, so, and then one in like Los Angeles. And then we'll just treat all the people in those towns like absolute shit. So the greatest art is going to come from all their pain, but it's for the greater good, you know. But you know, there we low key, is we low key we low key did that already, my G. <laughs> Naturally, well, not Vermont, but yeah, yeah the other two. Yeah, Vermont's so happy they make the best ice cream. That's what Vermont. Does. I don't know. Why I said Vermont. It was like the farm comment. I was like, that sounds like Vermont. I fucking hate it when Arian catches me in some deep shit like that. I'm like, God damn. Yeah, but I think to your point, you know what we're gonna have, and what you what you're describing is the fucking Star Trek Enterprise, dog. Just a mm. colony of star traveling people. And they just want to explore and enjoy. That's it. Yeah, I think like, I don't think we're going to get happier with more intelligence. Like, I yeah, think if anything, uh, the art's going to be well, better. That's a great fucking you know, point. You know, <laughs> yeah, this is what I was thinking about when we were talking about, I, I didn't point. say it before, but like intelligence, super smart people, like some people like think all the time and like have a constant inner monologue. And some people don't have that voice at all. So that's what that they say. That's, that's, yeah. that, that's where it comes from. That that term comes from. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. So there's like literally like, you know, some people don't understand when people say like, there's like a voice that's my own voice that talks in my head. And they're like, I, there's no voice in my head. I just like, they, they don't conceptualize with words, just feelings. And it's not in, they usually have better mental health. 
Yeah, no, it's actually yeah. a great point. Like if you can, if you can stop thinking so much, some of the happiest moments in my life come when I'm not thinking oh. at all. Like we, being dumb kicks ass. Like when I find myself in moments where I'm dumb as shit, that is when I'm very, very happy. Coley brings up a great point. It's like the world is just going to be filled with super depressed, like 350 pound jack dudes walking around <laughs> just crying all the time. <laughs> I but like, for example, point, if you, Coley. yeah, if you found the gene that found that, like, you know, ca- that knew that was, there's that inner monologue that wouldn't necessarily make anyone you know, smarter, achieve greater things, it might actually be a detriment. Mm-hmm. A lot of like super successful people aren't actually that smart and they know that and they ended up just working, outworking other people I'll, I'll to p- get to where they were. I'll point to two uh, prime examples. Two president's sons, Donald Trump Jr. and Hunter Biden. Both those guys, I guarantee you there's no inner monologue whatsoever, but they're happy <laughs> as fuck. Those guys, they don't they don't think about shit. They're just rolling around being like, hey, let's what's the next thing? Let's get these endorsements. Well, they're they're fucking yeah. biohacking. That's why. They're yeah. taking all sorts of supplements. <laughs> no question. All right, we got, we, got oh. Josiah, we got Josiah here. Let's bring him in. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. All right, we welcome on a very special guest. It's Dr. Josiah Zayner. Uh, Actually, a guest that was recommended to me by Billy. Billy Football is is on this call right now, too, Josiah. He's he's a big fan. He described you to me as the LeBron James of biohacking. And so... (laughs) I was like, I don't know what that means, but uh, I prefer Michael Jordan. But you know, I'll take it. <laughs> I like, yeah. Let's get that debate going again. It's been a while. <laughs> Spicy. MJR LeBron. Uh, okay, so I, I want to get into a lot of stuff with you today. Um, right off the bat, though, I do have to bring up kind of the elephant in the room, and this this is a recurring theme uh, with Billy and and many people on this podcast. Actually, uh, you blocked Billy on Twitter. And he's again like your biggest fan. He's <laughs> he is a Josiah Stan. And uh Billy, I don't even know. So <laughs> the, him on Twitter. It, what, no, what he it was did very was, well deserved. Yeah. Billy asked you if there was a way to genetically engineer a giant frog because he's <laughs> obsessed with frogs and he just wants to yeah. make bigger. He sent me like fifty messages and I was like, bro, chill out. <laughs> 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 like, it wasn't one message. Like every day, my messages on Twitter and everything I posted, no. I leave a comment like, "Bro, I want a genetically modified giant bullfrog." <laughs> yeah, that's, so like, that's him. So I was he's, he's looking to your work on um, African clawed frogs and uh, yeah. I think green tree frogs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I've I've kept African clawed frogs and I've also kept African bullfrogs, pixie frogs, and I was thinking like. If you can, you know, make an African clawed frog or one of these green tree frogs, you know, have, what was it, 1.6 times the mass of the non-test of the control group. But, like, can we we not do that to, like, the tiny tree frog? Can we do that to, like, the five-pound African bullfrog? Probably. It's totally possible. I think the thing is is that we just didn't test it on that species. So it's impossible for me to know just, like, 100% out of the box. 
Um, <laughs> it just take experimentation, somebody willing to go through and do the experiments and make it happen. But uh, All well, right. if Billy impresses you enough over the course of this interview, maybe maybe you'll consider unblocking <laughs> if he promises not to inundate you with just bullfrog requests, like custom Has- bullfrog. Hashtag, <laughs> we'll hashtag unblock Billy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll put it this way. Billy looks at you. It's so funny like, that you're the bullfrog guy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it, you know? I, I know. I was just, I was just like, it would, it would have been, you know, I realized at the time that I was, you know, I was just trying to get your attention, but I realized that was. Yeah, admit wrong. it, you were drunk. You were just whenever you got drunk, <laughs> yes. you'd be like, "I'm just gonna drunk tweet this guy." You probably, probably told all his friends about you, like, "This fucking weirdo that keeps t- talking to me about frogs, man." I think lie. I think some other people hopped on the bag, bag wagon and started harassing <laughs> you, and it wasn't just me. I like a butt. Billy looks at you like like you're the exhibit of frogs. Like pimp my frog. Like I want to <laughs> I want a customized African claw frog. Well, you're the guy. Well, you your um your website in your uh, e store, right? Odin, uh, Odin's Lab. You sell a couple of products for. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, my company, the Odin. So we actually we had a kit where you could genetically modify frogs. Um, <laughs> it was actually a thing. Um, then we realized like mass producing frogs and uh, shipping them to people and everything like that was. Pre- and the thing is, the frogs live for like ten or twenty years. Mm. <laughs> So after yeah. people genetically modified them, they just had to keep them as a pet for the next 20 years. Yeah. So what, Pretty hefty. what you know, if, if I could make a request, you know, maybe run it back sure, one Billy. more time. Billy, for, stop. No, we just got past from. this. We just, <laughs> just no. got past Give I like, just unblocked you, man. Give like you're too thirsty right now, Billy. Let's let's take it back to the beginning real quick because a lot of people right. might not be familiar with your work. I wasn't very familiar with your work until Billy pointed me at you. But uh, can you just give us like a little bit of background as to what you do and kind of how you got there? Yeah, no. Uh, so I'm a PhD scientist. Uh, spent a couple years at NASA doing genetic engineering. Um, working specifically with CRISPR, trying to engineer organisms to help uh, astronauts survive in space and actually terraform Mars. Um, But NASA's actually, uh, you know, there's so much bureaucracy and everything like that, like nothing ever got done. And um, I thought there has to be a better way. So I decided to just go off and do experiments on my own, um, start my own company so I could do genetic engineering in my home and help other people do genetic engineering in their homes. And so uh, the past five or six years, I've just gone on a mad exploration of genetic engineering, both myself and animals and all types of organisms um, and trying to provide other people with the tools to be able to do this. Cause I think genetic engineering is probably one of the most powerful technologies we know of. You can literally engineer like living things that grow and that's that just blows my mind. Is there a, a small part of you hearing yourself describe like what you do and, and how you got there where you're like, I might be a mad scientist. I might be this. <laughs> I might be like the origin of oh, a, a supervillain story. You, you know, there have been times where I, I actually have a bad dream that maybe I'm the one who is responsible for the apocalypse or something like that. <laughs> have you have you ever heard of Yakub? Yakub, no. What is that? Yeah, Yakub is folklore. Yakub is uh in a lot of these um extremist groups, uh, they believe that Yakub was a mad scientist that genetically engineered white people. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does this even mean? Is that, is oh, that it's like make them better or something? <laughs> no, they, he invented them. He invented oh, he invented white, white people. people. Yeah, is that, that makes sense, right? Where did they come from? Because, right, weren't yeah, Africans, like, originally humans had dark skin. Yeah, that, that, that's the folklore. No, white people are Neanderthals. That's that's what's the real that's the real truth. <laughs> no, but it is it's crazy, right? Because it is such a you look at, obviously, you know, we all have survived uh the, the biggest modern pandemic and like uh we've seen the power that biological things can have on the world. Um obviously, there's also a super big positive to that, right? With things like the vaccine to combat that um you know, you're talking about drugs that involve genetic engineering, so gene therapies and stuff. Uh, so there's also a lot of good things, but you know, uh, it, it does scare me because there's so much unknown and it is so powerful. Right. And Billy was bringing up something earlier before you jumped on, and it's a good point that at some, if we're going to advance science, at some point there does need to be you know human experiments that are done. It's just you know, medicine has proven that you can experiment on animals you can do things through theoretically but at some point there will need to be human experimentation so what you're doing is you're actually just saying like let's see what we can do that isn't controlled in a laboratory let's see what we can do on our own and so how do you weigh what projects you want to work on uh when weighing that against like what the risk is going to be yeah we also have to think about like you know It's not unethical to experiment on other people, but, you know, how many of these big pharma execs took the vaccine before the clinical trial, you know, (laughs) or were part of the clinical trial? I imagine none of them were. They waited until everybody else figured out it was okay, and then they took it themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So part of it is just like uh, I I want to test something on myself first. I don't want to ever, like, ask somebody else to put themselves in harm's way. Um, every experiment I do on myself, I, you know, what people don't see is the amount of research I do beforehand and uh, trying to figure out all the risks and everything that can happen. Um, and sometimes it is unknown still. Um, you know, uh, there's that time I ate poop. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. I didn't hear about this. You can, you can enlighten me, brother. So, um, <laughs> There's actually a a New York Times documentary on it called Gut Hack, if you want to check it out. It's really amazing, a short documentary. Um, And it was about our bodies are filled with bacteria, um, and they actually contribute a lot to our health, especially our gut health. Uh, And I wanted to try to replace those bacteria in and on my body to try to help heal gut issues I was having. So I found a healthy donor and literally ingested um, feces and measured like all the bacteria in my body over a a long period of time. Um, And a lot of people said I was going to die. It was really crazy. And it scared. The crazy thing is, is like when everybody else says you're crazy and you're the only one who thinks you're sane, it's hard to think you're sane. You know, like maybe I am actually crazy. Yeah. Well, the experiment worked. So yeah, I was going to ask, how's, how are you shitting these days? (laughs) <laughs> great you know i really it's it's actually amazing since i did the experiment like i used to have blood in my stool and never since and like i also collected all the data so we i sequenced all the bacteria and stuff in my gut and everything and 
it really did change. The transplant changed all the bacteria and everything like that. Um, but I tried to do research. I tried to consult with experts I know in the field, of, you know, microbiome research. Um, <clears throat> there are always going to be risks, but it's kind of like that thing, you know, if, if you want to push stuff forward, you got to be willing to do stuff nobody else is willing to do. I have a question, brother. Um, it, it's, it's on your gut uh, thing because I, I um, earlier last year, I was suffering from like really bad bouts of like anxiety. Um, and I went, like, I thought I was having heart problems because like anxiety can like feel like it's a heart attack. Right. Um, and he suggested to me, um, that there's something going on in my stomach that, uh, like kind of like sends a signal to my brain. And then I kind of started doing a little bit of research about that and how like they call your gut, like your second brain and how it's like directly correlated and even like can, can dictate certain things. I mean, can you shed a little light on on how the gut is connected and, and and what it functions is on a higher level other than just ingesting food. Yeah, you have to think about like all the food you eat, the bacteria also eat in your body, eat some of that, right? So you're feeding them with like whatever you eat. So they're going to respond to the food you put in your body and release signals that say like, I need more sugar. You're not eating enough sugar and they're going to signal to your brain, right? So on even the most minimal level, they will respond to anything you put in your body. So if you're not putting stuff in your body, if you're really nervous or stressed out or anxious, you know, acid buildup and stuff like that, I'm sure that has an impact, right? So basically like anything that affects your metabolism is probably going to affect them. And they can also signal to your brain to tell it certain things. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm sure it can trigger a lot, a lot of different things, right? Um, and now the scientific research isn't completely solid on that stuff yet, but we definitely know that those bacteria can signal to your brain. Um, so, yeah. So, so you're kind of like conditioning the bacteria in your stomach. Um, and they're, uh, they, in a sense, kind of dictate what you crave. Yeah. So it's like an ecosystem. So you imagine like a forest, right? That's in your stomach all these different plants and animals and trees, all these different bacteria, right? If you go into the forest and, you know, you burn down half of it, it's totally going to change the ecosystem. What other animals and stuff can live in there and grow and survive in there. So if your diet is just, you know, like, I don't know, Red Bull and, uh, you know, fast food, like those are the bacteria that are going to grow in there. The ones that want that food, right? And there's been studies and research that shows that like things like fruits and vegetables, things that have cellulose and stuff like that, they actually contribute to more like healthy bacteria inside you. So um, you can like literally, like you said, condition your gut to have a certain ecosystem where it's just like, where's my fast food? Because all I got is fast food bacteria in there, you know? Mm. Billy, you got some questions? I know Billy's like, he's I, chopping out the I, to talk yeah, to you. I, I, so I could, you know, I have a, tons of questions. First question is. No frog stuff, bro. No no. <laughs> First question is, you very famously publicly injected yourself with um, uh, a myostatin inhibiting the, yeah, uh, could CRISPR. you just describe, yeah. Yeah, the CRISPR. Oh man. So, you know, it needs a little context. Mm. So 
this was, I think, in 2017. Um, 2017, CRISPR was getting really popular. Now, CRISPR is a modern genetic engineering te technique that makes it simpler and less expensive for anybody to edit the <laughs> genome of almost any organism, right? And uh, everybody was talking about it, and everybody was like, yeah, this is going to cure all these people of these diseases and everything like that. And, but, you know, we're not going to put it in the clinic for another, you know, I think it just started to get to the clinic. I don't even know if it's actually been tested by itself in humans yet for safety. Maybe it has this year or something like that, you know, but it's been four years since they started really hyping it. But even more years before that, uh, it was first discovered maybe around 2012. So mm -hmm. you're talking almost 10 years, right? from this thing that they say can cure all these diseases. And I was like, what's taking everybody so long? Like, why are people sitting on this thing if they say it's a cure for a disease? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to be like, here, what I'm going to, I'm going to make a CRISPR drug and I'm going to inject myself with it. And I'm going to show that like, it's possible. So like, what are we waiting for? What is all the holdup? And I think that's really big with medicine is that like, you know, you look at the coronavirus vaccine, you know, the the vaccine besides that, I think swine flu, besides swine flu, the earliest vaccine before that took like four years. But it's like, so you're telling me we can do it in like a few months? A quick question on that. Are some of the uh, new mRNA vaccines that the um, pharmaceutical companies are bringing up, were they made using CRISPR? No, they're not made using CRISPR, but uh, they just synthesize the the uh, RNA, and it's it's a genetic mod. Technically, it's a genetic modification. Actually, um, it's the way gene therapy works. So basically, what you're doing is you're putting a copy of the gene you want to function inside cells, and the cells make that gene, and then you know your body responds. And in this case, the gene is. A part of the virus so your immune system responds but in normal gene therapies it's usually a defective so you have a defective gene they'll put in a good copy of the gene um and then your body will make that good copy but it's really similar it is actually a genetic modification which is you know really interesting shall i take your order or do you need a minute yes i'll be ready just buying a car on carvana what it's super convenient i already got pre-qualified in two minutes all i had to do was answer a few questions what that's handy yeah now i'm customizing my down and monthly payments what that's an exquisite deal and just like that carvana's delivering my car in a couple days what oh yeah uh sorry i'll have the burrito Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. So right now, right now, where does a lot of your interest lie? Is it in uh, things like current physical ailments like you were talking about with the fecal transplant? Or is it in uh, like mental health or is it like a disease prevention? Or is I'm sure that there are like drug applications, like recreational drug applications for this yeah, too. Like, no, I where, mean like Where honestly, are you finding most of your attention nowadays? You know, I, I wish I could spend time helping people and curing diseases, but it's like illegal and not really, there's so many legal issues around it. Um, generally, the projects I choose to work on are stuff that interests me and stuff that I just think is cool um, and stuff that I think is safe. You know, there have been projects I've, I've been working on for a while that just take time. You know, we did a coronavirus vaccine, actually. I don't know if you guys heard about that. It was in the news a little bit, but 
it kind of got killed by, um, you know, most, uh, it's, it's one of the reasons I got kicked off of YouTube. Um, what we did was we, uh, followed the scientific paper. They made a coronavirus vaccine for monkeys and it worked. So we just copied the vaccine that they made and me and a couple other biohackers and we injected ourselves with it and ran all the same tests and everything. Um, and it seemed to work. Um, we developed antibodies and everything. Uh, but that basically got me kicked off the internet. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I was gonna why, ask. Though, why, why, why did it get you kicked off the internet? In your summation, I think because you know uh, they're very skeptical of vaccine misinformation and a lot of vaccine stuff going around. Um, YouTube uh, basically they didn't even give us warning. They didn't even give me a warning. They just straight up deleted my account. We documented everything. The crazy thing was we we live streamed and documented every single part of the process. So like how we created it, we made the DNA sequences available. We open sourced everything. Um, we showed all the experiments we did. We documented it, you know, us drawing our blood, us then taking our blood and testing it for antibody. We did all live, everything live. So nobody could like say we were faking anything. Um, and YouTube just didn't like it, I guess. And they said, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest. I think they may have took taken it off because your work was so good. They didn't want other countries developing vaccines. <laughs> like maybe, yeah. yeah. Because think about it. I mean, like the, I've been like looking into this, but like you know, having vaccines and having a developed vaccine is a huge, you know, global a political thing. Like, who are you getting your vaccines from? So if there's just information how to make your own vaccine, it, it takes away power from a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of these pharmaceutical companies aren't licensing their vaccines or giving them away for free, the, the patents to other countries, which is crazy. We're in the mm. middle of a pandemic, and they're, like, charging other countries to use yeah. the, just the patent for the vaccine. It also might have just been you had, like, unlicensed music in the background. You had Metallica <laughs> playing as a soundtrack. <laughs> Lars Ulrich. That's probably it. I imagine that was the problem. <laughs> Lars heard the intro to Nothing Else Matters, and he was like, wait crazy. a second. Let's get this motherfucker <laughs> offline. But I, I think that there, um, what you're describing, and you, you brought it up earlier, is like there's um, things move slowly in bureaucracies, and to a certain extent, it can be frustrating, especially if you're doing the work and and you're on that like leading edge of technology and you see what can be done with fewer restrictions. But also, those guidelines and those rails are there for a purpose, right? So there's got to oh, be some sure. sort of happy medium where where you can meet and say, okay certain restrictions need to be eased for, for this exact reason. And that way you kind of keep those because I don't, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I don't think that people should be injecting the monkey vaccines into themselves. <laughs> like as a general rule of thumb, that might make me yeah. controversial. I might. No, but, totally. But no, you know I, saying, I agree. Right? Like I cannot manufacture a vaccine at sufficient purity and quantity that I can distribute it to people and everybody be safe. Right. I, I just can't. I like, take a vaccine. People are going to get hurt. <laughs> No, what I appreciate it, but I just mean that like on scale, right? Yeah, we stuff is gonna get contaminated. Stuff is gonna happen. Like for me myself, I can follow all these protocols and do everything. You know, it's that's why one of the big problems with the vaccine is like they have these super cold fridges for some of the vaccines, so that freezers so they can like store it properly and do all this stuff. Like, there's no way I, a, a person can sell a vaccine out of their house and it can scale in any way right. and make sure people are safe. So I agree, like. Mass distributed medicine, it needs some sort of regulation, right? Just because 
we don't want people to get contaminated stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's just, it, there should be some regulation. But mm-hmm. I think there's also this huge opportunity for uh, people trying new stuff. And there are so many people out I get contacted by so many people every day who are just like, hey, I have this illness. I have this disease. I want to try something. I don't care. There's so many people who are like, I'm dying. I want to try something. I, I don't care what the consequences are. I'll sign any sort of, you know, waiver or disclaimer or whatever. Um, but still, it's it's not legal. I could easily, I could go to, I've already been investigated by the California Medical Board. I won, but um, they investigated me for practicing medicine without a license. And I, I, I purposefully avoid all these things because I could go to jail for it. Um but like all these people are willing to try stuff and it could push science and medicine so far forward faster if we just let them. Hmm. If you had a medical doctor who could oversee it, you know, I'm not saying like have randos do stuff. No, medical doctors can't oversee this stuff because they'll lose their license. If somebody wants to be like, I'm going to try this gene therapy on myself to see if it cures me. <clears throat> if the medical doctor participates, they're going to lose their license. So let's just say, let, yeah, go ahead. Let's just say, let's make that. To start out, like, just say medical doctors can help people try new stuff, right? That would advance stuff so far forward. Yeah. So if you were to design, like, a perfect setup uh, for for how to incorporate the, the newest technology, the latest stuff that you're working on in, into, like, safe studies, what would what would a safe study look like from your end? Man, you know, I'm, I hate when people ask this question because I'm, like, libertarian slash don't like the government or, like, structure. Yeah, I can or tell. <laughs> So like, I'm not the person to ask because I'm just like burn everything to the ground. So I guess, um, I, I guess what I'm saying is that if if there are like-minded people like you and if you were left to your own devices, you would inevitably come up with some pretty amazing things. You might also come up with some things that, you know, not everything is going to be a hit. You're going to have some things that uh, don't produce the intended results that might be dangerous to people. And so it would be, it's a good idea to have certain guardrails in place to make sure that it's not just like – Everything can't be totally open sourced when it comes to medicine. Or if you disagree with me, that's fine. But I, that's kind of the, the standpoint I'm coming from. Yeah, no, I agree, right? There needs to be some sort of regulation. Um, but I think, you know, I, I don't think it really dep- I think what's going to happen in the future is we're going to see a lot of people do medical tourism and uh, just travel to countries. You know, I've, I've gone to other countries and talk to medical doctors in other countries. There's another, a number of like developed countries, Colombia and South America, you know, the Dominican Republic and places that have infrastructure, medical doctors and all these people. And the countries are willing to let people come and try stuff. Um, they don't have like an FDA oh, and they don't have like a medical patent system. Right. Um, but they do, they can provide standard of care in terms of, you know, there's a doctor there and medicine and quality. And uh, it's just finding people you can trust, right? Like, I wouldn't trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Billy trusts you. Yeah, that's, that was the biggest red uh, flag. Now, I got, I got to ask, you injected yourself with gene therapy to, you know, myostatin inhibitor to create more muscle mass. Did you get gains? Where did you get muscle mass gains? No. So like I didn't inject the, the, the goal of the injection. A lot of people assume the goal of the injection was for me to get bigger muscle. Um, and you know, I, 
you can still find the video on the internet or if you watch the documentary unnatural selection on netflix it's a really good documentary um and i'm like one of the main characters and they document this process like my goal was to just show how inexpensively you can make it and how that it was safe and like why weren't people doing this um i didn't get any gains unfortunately um but I would have had to inject a lot more DNA. I would have had to, you know, maybe do multiple courses, but CRISPR is not um, the best. There's easier ways. So there are other gene therapies. If I just wanted to grow big muscles, um, there's a gene therapy called a uh, follistatin that they've given for people with uh, Becker muscular dystrophy. And uh, you can, it's funny because when at the site of the injection, it just grows like a muscle like this bump that's just like a Jeez. muscle. It just turns into their pictures. Um, it's crazy. So there are gene therapies. I, I think that's also the future of sports. And I would be surprised if some people um, aren't doing gene therapies to get ahead in sports. Um, oh, if anybody wants to, he's got a lot of money. <laughs> TB12. Contact me. Really? So, I, I mean, kinda, Tom. He's not joked. <laughs> that's kind of uh, a good segue to like a you know a question that we were kind of like kicking around uh before you came on but um kind of the ethics of this whole thing right and i i think i'm a little bit of an outlier in the, in the sense that i think that not only is it ethical to start experimenting on this but i think it's it's our moral responsibility too because i think this is uh the future of our species and how i see and see my my perfect in my head my perfect society is like a Star Trek enterprise, right? Where they're like the, the. Which the, one? The next the, generation or. I'm a, I'm, a, yeah, I'm, I'm a next generation guy. I mean, I don't know about you. you next up my guy. All right. Um, but I, I, I envision a society where the, 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 to me, like the nonsensical day-to-day politics is out the, out of the way. And, and we just focus on exploration and art. And like, to me, that's in, in the sciences. And so to me, in my, in my head, when I think of uh, genetic engineering, this is, this is kind of the liaison to that. It's the, it's the we're kind of uh, figuring out how to hack our environment in a way that gives us the most positive uh, and healthy uh, benefits going forward in exploration in this universe. Yeah, no, you know, uh, some people always like to bring up like, you know, Hitler eugenics or stuff like that. I'm like, why is that even the conversation? And it's interesting because I, I was working on a project for a little while and I never really finished it or it came to fruition. And it was um, using this uh, gene called tyrosinase. And tyrosinase, basically what it does is it helps produce the precursor to melanin. Um, so basically you could change your skin color, right? And some people might think, oh, that's crazy or weird or something like that. But if you show people that like, is the single gene that's responsible for something like skin color. Mm. Like, I think it's a lot harder to be racist and stuff like that. Right. Mm. Cause people are just like, damn, huh? What am I going to blame it on? You know, I like, I can't blame it on anything else. I know it's this gene that causes the overproduction of melanin. And I've seen people do it to themselves or something like that. Right. And I think that's this whole thing with um, blackface. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of this stuff is like you're figuring out medical ways to put Instagram filters on your body. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's like I think the diversity would increase so much that it would be crazy. We would see so many different things. 
people think that it would like narrow the gene pool down, but I don't think so. I think it would grow it and it would be way more interesting, right? Right. Here's the thing is that like humans don't evolve that much anymore, right? Mm. Like we don't evolve and we, we evolve in small ways, but not really. We're probably not going to get any more different, but now we have these tools like CRISPR, right? We can literally, we can choose the genes. No human has ever been able to do that, right? Like literally choose genes that they want inside their body, their child's body or something like that. You can choose that. And I think that's going to change a lot. I think it can make sports crazy. You know, I've thought a lot about it. And you think about like, you know, you could have sports teams where people have been modified all crazily. And maybe you could, you know, when they have like, uh, when, when they have, you know, like, um, sports for like wheelchair basketball and stuff like that, they have like point systems, right? If you can use both hands, if you can use one hand, how many limbs and stuff like that you can use. There's point systems of how many points each team can have on the floor at one time. And you can do that with genetically modified sports, right? Like that guy is, he's got six arms. So he's like worth five points, you know, and this person has two arms so worth one. You know, I think that's we could make. Honestly, that's the thing I never understood about like performance enhancing drugs. I'm like, why the fuck, why would you not want the most enhanced athletes ever? Like when I watch sports, right? And I was an ex-professional athlete, right? No, I am an ex-professional athlete. Like, <laughs> but like now I, I have no interest in doing any kind of sports. I'm done. I'm good with that. But like now when I want to watch sports, like I want to see some shit that I can't do at all. Yeah. And they're not interested yeah. in doing, but I want to be entertained by it. Like, I don't understand why people are like the purity of it. There's no such thing. There's no such I, thing. And like I said, like, you know, and a lot of these athletes, I bet if they went and sequenced the genome of a lot of these people, I bet you they have genetic mutations that make them like mm-hmm. extra specially good at something. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, watching a wide receiver that has six arms sounds pretty cool. But if you're <laughs> if you're that wide receiver, like after you retire, then you just walk around with six arms all the time. Like you have to admit that w- when you're talking about that stuff and how it's going to affect sports, you, you do sound a little crazy. <laughs> Am I the, was I the only one thinking that when you were talking about like the scoring system? I, I'm from a thousand percent limbs? with them. I'm a thousand percent with the dog because no, I'm just I'm like, I'm not worried. You're not the first person to call me crazy. So I'm, I'm cool. Think, I, can, I, I, think, I think we think of sports like, I mean, if you look at like when basketball was invented, right? And like the old school footage of like Bob <laughs> coming down, like he's, he's backing somebody down at half court and shit. Like I shit bar shit whack. The evolution of sports is going to be the evolution of the rules of the sports. Yeah. It's going to be the evolution of the players of the sports. I, and if, if nothing we ever learned of anything about humans is we evolve and like the evolution of sports things absolutely change. If, if if you put Kyrie back then they'd burn him at the stake because oh, they assume he was a witch yeah no question i would i would be very excited to see though like the uh the takes that people would have about like back in my day uh football was tougher back when guys only had they only had two legs the wing <laughs> yeah exactly like guys trying to like justify they only had normal genes yeah they, they they had sports had was better loser it's like no, they have all these genetic enhancements yeah, you could not compete against a quarterback with three heads. Like it's just at the end of the day, that's a fact. Like the way the way you're talking about this, you're it's making it sound like everyone will have access to that. And I know that's a goal of yours, but that's probably not the reality, right? I mean, with everything, it's not the reality, unfortunately, right? But um, I think, like you said, one of my goals is to make this technology available to everybody. It doesn't matter. 
you know, kind of whatever you do, wealthy people are going to always co-opt everything and make it theirs first. And that's hard. Um, maybe not. Maybe you can start a big enough movement in biohacking where um, people start genetic. And you know what? Like, it's crazy because if you think about all the people who've been genetically modified basically outside of medical environments have all been biohackers and people like that. Um, and so they're really pushing the boundaries of like non-medical enhancement. Um, so maybe they will be the first ones and, and cause it to grow all the non-medical enhancement stuff. So um, and it will be really accessible. What would you that would be? What would you consider to be the, the biggest success that the biohacking community has had? Um, the biggest success in terms of like experiments? Yeah. What, what's the, the experiment that you've done that has the, the highest benefit? What's, what's the thing that you can like point to and be like, here's why biohacking is good? <laughs> the highest benefit. Yeah. You know, you can think about it. I, I, I like to think about it in terms of like cool, but, you know, benefit also. Like obviously, you know w- – a lot of the experiments I did. So um, start off with like the gut hack one. It was interesting because at the time everybody said like, this is such an un- unscientific experiment um, when I replace the bacteria in my gut um, and like nobody will care about it and it's not scientific and no joke. I'm not even joking about this. I was on Facebook and I saw this ad for this biotech company and my face pops up and <laughs> A huge biotech company, uh, Novo Nordisk, Nordisk. And um, it said that, like, Josiah's experiment transplanting bacteria in his gut was, like, um, you know, an inspiration for us to work on all these medical stuff. And I was like, number one, where's my money? Like, (laughs) where'd you get permission to use me in this ad? (laughs) But number two, I was like, wow, you know, this is actually affecting a lot of stuff. I think a lot of times the repercussions are down the line with this, um, you know, coronavirus vaccine thing. Um, you know, right now it's kind of being buried on the internet and stuff like that, uh, though it was extremely well documented. I think like 10 or 15 years from now, people are going to be like, holy shit, you know, like we created, we, we synthesized, and, you know, had a, had a company manufacture the vaccine and everything for us and did the experiment and had it done, you know, I, I had a vaccine before anybody, right? Like we're talking August or something like that. Like Jesus, I last get like year. I, I get like free validation for parking sometimes. Like <laughs> wait, wait, but you, you you're talking about the vaccine you made, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't the problem is yeah. the reason nobody knows is because I didn't make one of those cards that I could take a picture of and hold on social media. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I got so one. It's of like those. nobody knows about it. I got one of those. I, I haven't talked about it um except like on every podcast I've been on, but I've I've only talked about how I won't talk about it to get the clout. But I love the vaccine <laughs> clout chasing. It's it's one of my favorite things. And you know what? If it makes people get more vaccines, great. Good. Yeah. You know, I'm not against vaccines at all. I had no, my j- first though. <laughs> just just I just a couple questions how what is a, hold on bro what yeah. a fucking flex i had my vaccine first because i made it that's yeah fire dog All right, go ahead, <laughs> that's what i'm saying though right like you know there's so many cool things that we're doing and working on here are the people behind me that you see working you know part of the odin my company you know there's so many cool things that we're working on all the time and making and doing like 
the impact is 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 huge and it's just either people don't see it or don't recognize it or don't understand it yet but like we are literally training a generation of science people are doing science in their homes mm. and we also sell to schools and universities and stuff like that we are trying to train the next generation of genetic engineers so it is a thing that we can engineer ourselves wow well, just a quick question. How is your health? Like you, you've done all these things yourself. Do you feel like you've improved your body for the better? Yeah, I think so. Um, but like my health, oh gosh, you know, that's something that I always fight against. Um, and it's also hard, like experimenting on yourself mm-hmm. because, you know, like taking a vac, even just taking the vaccine that you didn't make yourself is hard on the body. Mm-hmm. And then you imagine like, the one you did make and you're drawing your blood like all the time and stabbing yourself with needles and all this stuff. And it's just like each experiment takes a, a bit out of you, you know, um, it's, it's hard in the body. Um, so usually now it's, it's gotta be something that I'm really inspired by. Um, but, uh, my health is good, but yeah, self-experimenting is, is a bitch and I, yeah, I don't like to do it. I do like the um, concept of a farm to table, like a, a bespoke vaccine for everybody. <laughs> like, yeah. Tell, tell me about your personal preferences when it comes to vaccines. Yeah. Bill, you had another question. Uh, just wondering what experiment do you feel was, you know, your favorite or you got the most utility and benefit out of doing like hacking yourself. Well, my, you know, my favorite experiment actually was one of the first experiments I did. Um, and uh, I actually built a musical instrument um, that yes. used like genetically engineered protein nanotechnology to play music. Um, and it was crazy because I don't play music. I never built a musical instrument or, or knew how to, or even really knew what like, you know, notes and all this other stuff were. Um, but I had this idea in my head. I, I was working with this technology in graduate school and I was like, I get to experience this myself using this big fancy pieces of equipment, but like I want other people to experience it because I think it's really cool and beautiful and unique. But like, how can I get other people to experience it when they can't see it? It's so small. And, um, and I thought, well, what if I build a little device that can measure certain properties of it and turn that into music? So this protein it's actually a protein that when you shine light on it, it vibrates kind of like a string, except quantum mechanically. And the vibration is just like a, a string. It'll go big and then it'll slowly die down and it'll return to a resting state. So what I figured out was that if I shine light on it and measure it, I could turn that vibration into a musical note and everything like that and have a musical instrument. And it was just, it blew my mind that I could take an idea in my head that was didn't exist in the world was impossible i i thought and make it reality and uh, to, to to this day it's you know one of my favorite things that i've ever done yeah That's i cool. had a question about that what, what what was it about the light that made it uh react to it like was there so it actually um it has this molecule in it that was able to absorb the photon right and convert that into like electronic energy. Um, wow. This specific molecule is called a flavin molecule. Um, sometimes it's in like some vitamins and stuff, flavin mononucleotide or something like that. 
um, FMN, you might see it as, um, you know, they're, uh, I think some people uh, say they're like, uh, oxygen radical scavengers or some other stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it had the correct structure in the molecule that it could absorb, absorb this light. So his, so listening to you, like a lot of what you say goes over everybody's head. Right. And we just kind of nod along like, yeah, that makes sense. But <laughs> So you have a certain depth of knowledge um, that a lot of us will never have. So can you give us a guideline? Like, all right, when I read the nutritional facts on the back of a, of a food source, what am I looking at? Is, is that something that, that you even do? Or uh... No, you know, like I, I don't do stuff like that. You know, science to me is more like, um, I try not to take it too seriously. To me, it's more like something that is beautiful. It's like sports, you know, like uh, we watch it because we see people do stuff beautiful. Or we do it because we want to also do these amazing things, right? We want to do something. There's nothing like, you know, when you're playing a sport and you do something crazy, you know, mm. it's just like it feels so good. It feels so good inside you. And science is the same way to me. It's more like something that I appreciate the beauty of than like I go home and I watch science documentaries and read science textbooks. Like mm-hmm. I don't, <laughs> could you, I'm not, I'm not like that. Like, I don't care. Could you, you know, isolate the clutch talented, gene? but lazy yeah. science edition. Do you know, <laughs> do you know what the clutch gene is? Uh, I, people who are able to perform in the clutch, I imagine. Exactly. Yeah. Could you isolate the clutch gene? <laughs> You know, I don't know if it's po- – I imagine you could try um, if it's possible. I imagine it's, it has something to do with the way your body regulates hormones and stuff like that, right? Yeah. It's like when you're, when you're stressed. Um, yeah, it keeps your heart rate down, keeps you cool, keeps you focused in the moment. Uh, when yeah. other people would experience like severe anxiety, if you could figure out a way – Is there somebody you want to give it to on well, your favorite team? Just everyone. <laughs> yeah, literally everybody. Uh, I think I think all kickers in the NFL should be inject. Cody Parkey should have the clutch gene. I actually so call I, me call me Cody. I have a, an email from a listener here. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but it's a it's a listener macrodosing says, uh, "Hey, I'm five foot eight. Uh, I tell people I'm five nine, but I'm really five foot eight. I could probably dunk if I was six feet tall. I've got good leaping ability. Is there some sort of growth biohacking?" that we have access to at this point where you can increase my, I mean, the, the reader's uh, height. You know, people say stuff like this. I'm just like, uh, you know, do some push-ups and sit-ups, you know, remember those uh, shoes that they used to sell a lot of in the nineties where oh uh, they were just like in the front of, they had like a pad in the front of your feet. I have and those. They yeah. They make your t- you they have so many jokes about people who wore them shits, man. The jump soles. Yeah, I've got those. They're supposed to make your calves stronger. That's biohacking. That's OG biohacking before OG biohacking. Yeah. No, here's the crazy thing is that there are, you know, certain things, you know, I was telling you about this statin thing that you might be able to inject in your calf muscles. You know, um, there are a bunch of gene therapies they've tried for med- medical reasons um, that have direct application. You know, like EPO is a gene, right? Like you can literally inject people with a gene therapy for EPO and make them perform better. Or even even crazier, there's this a uh, gene that they studied for diabetes to increase the blood flow to legs. It's called VEGF, VEGF. 
And like you could increase the vascularization of tissue so that like people don't, their muscles don't get tired as fast. So there are a lot of things that people could actually try. The Mm -hmm. thing is, is that like, it's just, it's not allowed. Um, and it's, it's, it's not available. It's hard, right? Because there are very few people have the knowledge and skills to actually produce these things. And then there are very few people who are willing to pay the money to actually have it done on themselves. So right now there's like extremely limited market. I, I do like how uh, I was like, hey, I just want to grow four inches. And you're like, that is insane. Just do push-ups. And then you were talking about like a guy with no legs and five arms playing water polo as like the future of <laughs> sports. And that's that's normal. That's that's something that we can do. Let's, let's stay on earth here. Uh, so you're, when it comes to like uh, the future of athletes maybe injecting themselves with things like this, What's the danger? Like if you – let's say somebody is a shitty scientist. They make – I don't even know how to explain it. They make a bad batch of DNA. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. And they inject it into themselves. What happens if you inject yourself with the wrong thing? I mean people have died uh, from contaminated gene therapies, like even in clinical trials. Um, that's the big thing is that you know, it's sterile. It's not contaminated and all this stuff. Um, so people need to know how to handle it properly. Um, it needs to be handled in the proper environment. It needs to be stored in the proper environment um, and, and stuff like that. But otherwise, gene therapies are re- relatively safe. Like in the history of gene therapies that people have received, most of the deaths have been because of contamination um, or they're just trying to use so much gene therapy. So in some of these muscular dystrophy type stuff where it affects the whole body, all the muscles in the body. They're just trying to dope people up with as much of these gene therapies as they can to help affect all the muscles in the body. And sometimes it causes liver toxicity and stuff like that. Um, But actual gene therapies killing people, I don't know if there's any people who have been directly killed by the outcomes of a gene therapy. It's more like the secondary effects. Okay. I I have a question, man. Um, uh, Earlier in the pod, um pft alluded to something like this and I'm, I'm interested to get your take on it so like uh malaria right um malaria uh hu- human beings a uh, reaction to malaria was uh, sickle cell right it protected people yeah, yeah, for from, sure. from getting it so conversely if if we let's say we cure some of these ailments right do you foresee any issues with something gone haywire because we cured it like you know the ecosystem like an example of like if you if you take a certain species out you know like there's too many predators or whatever the case may be do you see any kind of that uh i mean that's a really interesting thought and i think those things are just super hard to predict is the problem right Right. you don't know what the outcomes of some of this stuff is um but i think like eradicating disease right at least you're eradicating the disease. And then if something else comes up, at least we can try to figure out how to overcome that. Like everything is evolves constantly, right? right? We're constantly in a battle with viruses and bacteria and animals and plants and everything. We're all evolving together in this ecosystem. And so like, of course, things are going to evolve when humans evolve, when humans change. It's just part of the process. I agree. Second part was not, it's loose loosely related do you think and if you do to what extent are we dropping the ball on like cancer research or just like pulling the trigger 100 percent. i think we are dropping the ball 100 percent. you know there's so many different things i recently i mean years ago people used to email me about cancer all the time and i got 
involved with a bunch of people who had cancer. Um, and we're, we even created a DIY guide for people who have um, lung cancer on how they could manufacture this drug, um, this super cutting edge drug, have companies manufacture it for them, and then use try it on themselves. Um, since then, I've been in contact with a bunch of people who um, have had drugs manufactured, um, taking stuff. This is from scientific research papers also. They're not just like making stuff up out of thin air. They see a re- scientific research paper that says like, we tried this drug and it seemed to have an effect. And they're like, all right, um, can I get the drug from the drug company? And the drug company says no. And they say, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go to some manufacturing company, just ask them to make it for me and pay them like 10 grand. Um, and so like, there are so many things to try. And there's so many people who are trying different things out there because like, if you get lung cancer, you know, uh, there's like one or two things, you know, if uh, maybe Keytruda helps this, you know, checkpoint inhibitor, but otherwise like your prognosis is terrible. Like 95% of people die within five years or something. Right. And like, what are you supposed to do? Just sit there and die. And that's what society wants. That's what the medical system and the regulatory system wants. Just you to sit there and die instead right. of just being like, you can try stuff. You can, let's try all these drugs on you and see mm-hmm. what works or just like something. So you got a magic wand, the magic Josiah wand. You can fix the medical system to where you feel is the most beneficial. What do you do? Yeah. I, I make it so that people can try, like it, people can just like sign a waiver or something to be like, I want to try this thing. Let's try this thing. Right. Um, I think it would have a huge impact and also take the financial incentive out of drugs. Right. The reason a lot of these drug drug companies won't let people try these cutting edge drugs because if they die, their stock price is going to plummet. Right. Oh God, if so they have bizarre. a side effect, the stock price is going to plummet. So like they, you know, only want people to try drugs people don't understand like clinical trials they're not just like oh you have this disease you can come to clinical trial no nowadays they screen you for everything they want the exact person who they think is going to benefit from this drug so it gets proved by the fda right so like it's limited it's limited sometimes in its use and its scope right we don't even have to talk about like different races and ethnicities trying you know drugs being tested mm-hmm. on them because it's just like it's it's not happening right like the scope of the medical system is so small and it's fully incentivized by money that it's just we need to change that all right i got two yeah. questions for you and then i think we gotta we gotta let you run we've been uh we've been uh hogging your time this afternoon it went on a little <laughs> bit longer than we thought billy unless billy has something that you really want to bring up billy is it about um, frogs <laughs> Yeah, I want. I want to do the. I want to make a giant frog. Billy just wants it. It's, <laughs> what's on the record? Plan? I have a question for Billy. What's your plan with the giant frog? No, seriously, this is what I would do. I would get an African bullfrog, which is totally legal in the pet trade, and <laughs> I'd get them huge, regularly because they get they look like Job of the Hut, and then I would use the gene therapy that Josiah has used on other species of frogs. And he would literally probably be like, you know, like as big as like a small dog. dog. Yeah. Billy likes frogs. He just what doesn't would you do with it though? Just keep it as a pet? I would have it as a pet. It would be Oh sick. my gosh, it'd be interesting to see how that thing jumps. Like Yeah. Oh so, my god. Can we make it happen? 
<laughs> you, this is how you get to Jurassic Park. Yeah. You know, it's it's possible. We, I'll tell you what. You set up the crowd GoFundMe to raise the money for the gene therapy, and I'll help you make it. How, how much, much do we cost? need? How much do we need? How much for the gene therapy? For enough? Well, so you probably want to inject a couple frogs to try out different stuff and see what would happen. I would say you could probably do a, a pretty decent size experiment for like 10K. For the pod, we're going to get this done. Yeah. Man. Do we expense this? <laughs> well, Billy, you just you just won $50,000 yeah. for knocking out Jose Canseco. And I know that money's burning a hole in your pocket. Yeah. How bad do you want big <laughs> if, frogs? I will set up this goal for me. If if we get to 9,000, I'll put a K in there, bro. I promise you. I promise you. I mean, you, they like, you know, they said, you know, don't spend your money on anything stupid, but I think this would actually be great for the world. <laughs> I think this is the thing is, it's a dumber thing than anyone would have ever thought to warn you about not blowing your money on. <laughs> this is so, this is literally so smart. Like, the, 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 think this about, is the smartest thing I could do with the money. PFT, think about like, to, like it, see, here's the thing is you'd probably take another, you know. 10k to invent like frog leashes and stuff like that so you can take it on a walk and yep how much food would this thing eat what dude i'd feed it rabbits bro they already eat mice they're so big oh really yeah Think about have it. you ever seen an african bullfrog i yeah i'm, I'm sure i've seen pictures Pix, but picks phileus ad persis is a latin name it's they're insane anyway all right no um, more frog talk man yeah. okay uh i got i got two more questions and we'll let you go do you want the hard one or do you want the fun one first uh, let's end with the fun one. Okay, we'll end with the fun one. So the hard one is, I don't really see that much of a problem with people doing these experiments on themselves uh, with an understanding of what they're getting into. Like you mentioned, terminal patients. If they're looking for any way that they can possibly extend their life or be cured, I totally get that. I get even people who are curious, like yourself, and you're like, I wonder what will happen if I give myself like one giant arm. That's If you want to do that to yourself, I think that's cool and it'll probably lead to some cool discoveries later on down the line. Where do you draw the line when it comes to something that could alter uh, the offspring, a child that you might have that might inherit some of the things that you've put into your own body? Because for me, that's where the ethics come in, where it's like that's not something that the kids signed up for. And this this doesn't even have anything to do with um, uh, kind of the course of humans evolving their DNA like we talked about earlier with sickle cell. This is just like that particular child did not have a say in what you were doing to your system because you were curious or bored one day, you know? So like, where, where do you draw the line when it comes to something that might be inherited? Yeah. You know, that's a, gosh, of course, it's a really tough question. And uh, I don't exactly know it's different for everybody, but for me, you know, like with kids and stuff like that, the parents already make a lot of choices for them. Right. Sometimes even, you know, and, you know, you think about environment in terms of what they eat, um, things like that, that do affect their body, the way they grow, their education, all these different things, right? Um, which do affect them into everything we think about the way that like a gene therapy or something could affect them. <clears throat> Me personally, um, if gene therapy was uh, available and reliable, uh, I would use it on my children obviously i would want my children to be as healthy as possible right not suffer from illness or disease and be as capable as they can be you know like 
I'm not saying I want super children or the best children in the world who are the smartest or anything like that, but like, gosh, like I care about my kids. I, I want them the best for them in every single thing, right? Every single thing. If I could give the best to my children, I would want that. And I don't think this would change it. I think it's scary. I think it's different. I don't think it's societally <clears throat> accepted yet, but like, I want the best for for them. So I guess the best becomes a subjective conversation where some parents would say, like, I think that blue eyes are the best for my kid. And then uh, every parent that's able to afford blue eyes for their children. Here's the thing. You know, you, know, you can already select eye color, right? You can select sex. If, if you if you have IVF done, you can already select things like sex and eye color and uh, things like that. Right? Seriously? He doesn't lie, Billy. He doesn't lie to you, Billy. That's, I didn't know that. That's crazy. So this is a subset of that. And I know we said it was the last question, but I just have to interview because it's just you, you can answer with a simple yes or no if you want to, but I'm just fucking fascinated with what you think about this. Because when I think about free will, I don't I'm not a proponent. I don't really think we have free will because with what our genes are and how we have no control over the environment that we grow up in, exactly the thing that you said. I don't really think that we have free will. I, I just want to know what you think about yeah. free will. I agree. You know, we're predisposed to so many things, right? You know, I think a big thing is like obesity, drug addiction, stuff like that. Like, I think a lot of these people don't have control over that stuff. You know, we look at it and we like to blame them and all this stuff and be like, why, why don't you exercise more? Or why don't you get off of drugs or all this stuff? I think like people, especially athletes or people who do stuff, like where does motivation come from? Right. It's not like some people, pull this will from inside themselves from this magical area and are like more motivated. No, like it's genetic, right? Mm. It's, it's comes from some from your environment, but it's, it's also genetic. A lot of these things are, are genetic and you are, I don't want to say enslaved or imprisoned, but you are by your genes, right? We are, we are, our genes control us, right? Your actions that you take, you can blame a lot of the stuff on your genes. And uh, it's, it's will do. <laughs> will, will do. <laughs> Get out of jail free card. All right, but my, la my last question is um, it's one I've been thinking about for a while because uh, we talk about recreational drugs on this podcast a fair amount. And uh, it seems to me like most of the good drugs out there uh, provide just a shitload of dopamine right, to, right into your brain. Is there a drug? Could you actually just straight up? get dopamine free base dopamine for in a vial <laughs> could you put your no, own no. could you harvest your own dopamine from your own body and then inject that into yourself <laughs> and then just feel great I had a better time. idea you know so like also you guys should get hamilton morris on this podcast if you have. i don't know if you guys know who hamilton morris is um but uh him and i have talked about this a, a little bit and uh it's this project i was interested oh, in yeah. where, um, you know endorphins mm -hmm. like endorphins are actually a protein molecule that your body produces that gives you this feeling of high. And uh, they've shown that you can like uh, take endorphins and inject them into the bloodstream and people actually get high. And you can also measure it um, by measuring this hormone prolactin. So you can measure the highness of people. Um, so I started, I, I did like basic experiments on this, like measuring my prolactin levels and different things like that. But theoretically you could create a gene therapy where you like inject yourself with some DNA and DNA, it, the cost to produce DNA is so insignificant. Right. And uh, it would produce this beta endorphin 
and uh, it would get you high. Um, and so you could give people this DNA and it would be undetectable. Governments couldn't stop it. It would be like the perfect, the perfect drug. Yeah. Would- that's why that's you got off YouTube, bro. <laughs> but don't would would the brain become um less taught not what build up a yeah, tolerance, tolerance to dopamine? I, yeah. i'm sure i'm sure yeah. it would eventually i and then you know you i've never tried it. this completely yet i just you know did the baseline measurements and designed the dna and stuff i just um haven't gotten around to like it's a tough experiment to do right right because um like you just basically got to inject yourself with stuff and just wait for like a couple of days and see what you get. <laughs> yeah. Just taking notes in a journal. I, I like the idea though. Like let's cut out the middleman here. You don't need, you don't need heroin. You don't need opiates. You don't need cocaine. You don't need marijuana. Like just get to the good stuff. The pure uncut <laughs> Your dopamine. Your body naturally produces, right? Yeah. And like DNA, dopamine. You, you can literally, so the way most people re- replicate DNA is they put it into bacteria so there's lab strains of bacteria that you put the DNA into and you just grow up the, a, a bunch of the bacteria and then you just break them open and extract the DNA. So you literally, you could make this DNA with just sugar and water. Mm. Like you can make large quantities of it with just sugar Dude, and water. I'm, so I'm like, taking whatever drug you're making, dog. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap, undetectable, like right, government's worst nightmare. Could sneak it into any venue. Absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> My last question, is there anything that you take, Josiah, that's like a supplement or something that you truly believe the science and it like improving like your cognitive behavior, your physical abilities or anything like that? Um, cannabis. His <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> shit. The, or like a, a nootropic no, I mean, of some sort. One of the you best, make. you know, it, it's so underappreciated, but like one of the best and most well-studied drugs is caffeine, right? Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, every, you know, people who consume caffeine see the performance increase enhancement that it has. And it's been shown across everything, right? Like sports, mm-hmm. intellectual activities, like caffeine is a really, a really great drug. But besides that, there's... I'm not really into like uh, testing other chemicals and substances and stuff like that to try to improve my performance. Um, mm. I'm cool with where I'm at, you know, like. I like that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're doing well. You're doing you. <laughs> it's the most powerful drug there is, is knowledge. That's what my teachers <laughs> told me. They were liars, by right the way. Enough. That was total bullshit. <laughs> I said that. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. That was, that was a really interesting conversation. Appreciate having you on Dr. Zayner. Um, good luck with everything. And please unblock Billy. He just wants to talk <laughs> about I will. frogs. I don't even you. know. I'll, I'll try to find how to. Sorry. Billy. Oh, 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 he'll tweet you. Billy, <laughs> well, he's blocked. So Billy, you want to get tagged a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your handle, Billy? Uh, uh, Billy Hot Takes. Billy Hot Takes. Billy Hot Takes. I'll email it to you. Billy Hot Takes at me the whole time. I'll email it to you. We'll get, we'll get Billy back in your, in your uh, day-to-day timeline <laughs> no i won't bother you again <laughs> all right thanks Sorry for joining about that <laughs> thank you brother all right all right guys thanks for having right. me see ya all right. yo next round is about to start you ready yeah yeah just shopping for a car in carvana for real yeah carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever wherever for real that's a ton of car options yep and these are all within my price range for really real you can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. 
for real and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. That was interesting. I think that guy's like 60% full of shit, 40% brilliant. <laughs> that's that's a, my initial reaction. I think that motherfucker brilliant, dog. That yeah. Brilliant. That was one of my favorite conversations I've had. I, I really enjoyed that. He, he's very anti-establishment, but he like he has so much knowledge. Like, yeah, like rationally though, he's not like yeah. super. Yeah. I think he just like I think he has all the all these ideas, and he just wants to get them all out, and he just tries it all. Yeah, I think the anti-establishment probably comes too. Like he said, he worked at NASA, and that it was just a bureaucracy that moved really slow. So I'm sure it's yeah. just out of like frustration from seeing it up close. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. What, what did you yeah. think, Coley? I I think there's a whole another conversation to be had there, like about the endocannabinoid system, like and how that truly boosts human performance. Like it's something that's only been studied since 1992. Like we've merely <laughs> scratched the surface of what marijuana like practically does to the human body. Mm-hmm. I forgot to ask him about this neurotransmitter, like brain electromagnetic brain therapy thing that I bought on a whim on Saturday. It's one of those halos that goes around your head and it just fires electrical impulses into your brain and it's supposed to make it faster. I don't know. It, it sounded cool. So I bought it. Uh, I don't, I don't think you can call that guy out for bullshit after you bought that. Yeah, I know. No, that's, that's just how high functioning my brain is right now where I've, I've evolved past the point of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy doesn't even, I don't bat an eye at that shit anymore. I would like to live in a world though, where, like you can trace like MVP baseball player, Jose Canseco <laughs> being the reason giant frogs took over the world. <laughs> wow. Like that, we're not real far away from that being reality. It's a fact. It's really, than we should be. He has the tech. He can do that because he's done it with smaller frogs. I'm just bringing him like a naturally large frog. I'm so down to start this GoFundMe. I don't know the ethics behind it. It wouldn't even be like that, that hard. But I think we should get it done, dog. Billy think- has the ten grand. Yeah, like, so that's I, we don't need to be funding this. Aaron, you keep I, asking I actually, our listeners to fund Billy's frog experiments. I, this I is have. on this is on Billy's shoulders. Billy will find I, a way to to make it happen. Guys, I kind of I kind of put the money in a Roth IRA. I can't touch it. You're a liar. Uh, it went straight I'm to serious. Dogecoin. No, it did. I yeah, I can't touch it. You can, just a little. But then I get yeah. It's How bad do you want these frogs? I literally threw it in like. Right after, because I didn't even want to touch the line. You don't want the frogs, bro. Uh, we should have asked him a question from Big T. What question do you think Big T would have asked that guy? Have you found Jesus' DNA? Actually, that would actually be an interesting question. His his uh, his thoughts on, like, because he's, like, 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 when you know, like, that, like, when you know the human body and the makeup to mm. that extent... But then you hear folklore of so much folklore of like what a soul is. Like I would want to know his thoughts on like what do you think about when you hear a soul? Like what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Oh, guys, the God particle. I forgot to bring that up at the beginning of the show. They discovered that particle. Yeah, yeah. So they, the every, God every every time they have a new particle, they call it the God particle. Yeah, because like they can't explain it. Yeah. Well, they they could. They're probably just making shit up so that they continue to get funding. That's exactly. I think we talked about this mm-hmm. last time. That's exactly what I would do. Just be like every six months. Guess what? We found God again. But yeah, Billy, what, what is what is the newest God particle? I'm sure you've done more research on that than I have. There, that uh, electrons, protons are all influenced by some like 
these tiny particles that they can't really explain. Dark matter? These were called Question fat mark? protons. I wait, let me uh Yeah, I still got the article pulled up because I was reading it yeah. the other day and I it just did not click that, with my brain. At that's all. a tab that will yeah. live on your computer for months at a time. Like you you'll get around well, to it eventually. Oh, we should have a, a tiny like that, particles uh, random random tab you still have pulled up. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Uh, tiny so, particles wobble could upend the known laws of physics. Is this what you were talking about, Billy? Yeah. And so that's just interesting. And so like when I read up a little bit, but um, uh, like there's like the the mass that they calculate in the universe, there's more uh, mass that they calculate that's out there than we can see, right? And so that's why they, they coined it dark matter. And so they... They're, uh, they theorize that there is particles that don't interact with what we know, like light, gravity, stuff like that. There's particles that don't interact, but has an effect on gravity. Like, it's interesting shit. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but. Yeah, these are called muons. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. M-U-O-N-S. It says they are unlikely, an unlikely particle to hold center stage in physics, sometimes called fat electrons. So I was wrong about that. Fat electrons that resemble the familiar elementary elementary particles that power our batteries, lights, and computers, and whiz around the nuclei of atoms. They have a negative electrical charge, and they have a property called spin, which makes them behave like tiny magnets. They are 207 times as massive as regular electrons. They're also unstable, <laughs> decaying radioactively into electrons and super lightweight particles called neutrinos. Uh, in two, 2.2 2 millionths of a second. That's wow. Oh. It's quick. Little, little lightning bugs. Uh, huh. I, I'm looking through Billy's notes one last time here for the episode. He sent us seven pages of notes. Great job as always, Billy. Now, six of those seven pages are literally just pictures of strong <laughs> things. No joke. There's a, yeah. One page I, is just the, a strong cow. Uh, with Belgian blue. Another page is just a strong young child just jacked up lifting weights. Then there's strong mice and strong dogs. Again, another strong child, child born with extreme muscle growth. And then at the end, it's uh, talking about the the uh, Chinese scientists that performed mm-hmm. the experiment on the twins. So I think we covered all those bases, just girthy animals and then uh, preventing HIV transmission. Well, I think I just want to – leave us with one last thing because you know um it's it's not like this is just all fun and games like uh here in february 2016 do 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 sorry here we can um biologist kathy nyken and her team at the francis crick institute wanted to better understand the role of particular gene in the earliest stages of human development so using CRISPR, they deleted that gene in human embryos that have been donated for research. When they analyzed the edited embryos and compared them to ones that hadn't been edited, they found something troubling. Around half of the edited embryos contained major unintended edits. There's no sugarcoating this, says Foyodor Ernov, a gene editing expert and professor of molecular and cell biology at the University of California, Berkeley. This is a restraining order for all genome editors to stay the living daylights away from embryo editing. So basically, like you know, Allegedly. at the end of the day, it's it's not all funny games. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm for yeah. it. Very well, all that shit. <laughs> like, don't. I hope there's not like some kid who's gonna go do something stupid because he's listening to this podcast. Well, I don't. Th- I don't. <laughs> I don't know what. Even if you were a dumb kid, 
how would you like just order your DNA set online and then like make a DNA in your house like it's a fucking grade B rocket? Yeah, if you if you in your closet, if you in your garage and you over here editing jeans, you're not a dumb kid, Billy. Yeah, it's like yeah. It, two kids and they're doing their science project together. One's like, let's do the volcano with a baking soda. The other kid's like, no, let's inject ourselves with molecular RNA and see how big I can make my right kneecap. <laughs> Billy, how upset were you when he didn't get any gains from that injection? Well, that's where it's kind of like, you know. Because basically the whole point, I think, was that he wanted to inject himself with CRISPR, but something that couldn't really fuck with anything too heavy. But just to show, it was kind of he's he. There's an article saying he regrets doing it because it made people think he was like an ex, uh, uh, like a attention seeker, and like looking for clout basically. But I think he does have his heart in the right place. But, you know, I think, you know, he said that in an article that was being written about his experiments. He's like, I don't want to seem like I'm out yeah. here trying to get publicity. <laughs> no, but he, he said he regretted but, uh, doing it on a live stream. Okay. Like, so like people, you know. Yeah. Again, I, I, I think that he's a brilliant dude. I think obviously like with his background in education and he's, you know, performing some stuff on himself that I think some people are not crazy enough to do but i also think that he's like he hasn't really given a lot of thought or maybe he has and he just doesn't have a good answer for it about like the implications of what he does so he's so fascinated in his own work that he's living kind of like day to day on it trying to just do cool stuff and he hasn't really thought that hard about um like the ethical long-term things that are going to happen but again like i think he's a fascinating person to talk to like i feel like you know we're going to see in probably the next 20 years if like he's going to have serious impacts from his time. And hopefully he leaves the legacy, you know, that maybe the huge frogs does improve the, the world frog. how he wanted to the biggest frogs, of the big all. ass frogs. And I will say if I get diagnosed with terminal cancer, he's going to be like the first person I call just be like, give me the stuff that's that I can't get so here. fast. Yeah. That's okay. in my opinion, if you have some sort of terminal disease like that, like whatever you can get that you want to try, go for it. You know, yeah. There, I don't think, that, yeah, it's your, your life. life, and as long as it doesn't affect, uh, like that's the one thing when we we're talking about, like your kids' lives and things like that. He kind of brushed that off. I was talking about like injecting yourself with something that's going to be passed along to your children. He's like, well, um, you know, you pick what your kids eat, anyways. That's I, I felt like that was kind of like a, a bullshit answer. If like I haven't really considered the implications of that too much, but um, well, I mean, I, I, to, to his, I, I'm gonna go to bat for him right quick <clears throat> because. A lot of the times I see, like, if you see, like, a couple who has a weight problem, right, you'll see their kids are a little bit chunky as well. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's what he was alluding to, was that a lot of the, a lot of the things that we don't deem, or we kind of deem benign, it's just not, not important, like, you know, we eat McDonald's is what it is, those have extremely uh, dangerous effects on your kids, the environment that you place them around, the normalization of diet, things like that. And so I think his, he was just saying, like, we already do do that on a, on a different scale. Right. And, and I think that's valid, but it doesn't really answer the question of, like, what's ethical to do in terms of, like, altering what your child's DNA, what they are. Because you can, I mean, always, I guess- you can always put your kid on a diet. But you can't be like, hey, let me suck that DNA out of your well, system real quick. And turns out he's arguing you can change it. Yeah. So what, does it yeah. even matter? And so let's say, let's say, <laughs> let's say you, 
you're a Scientologist and you and you put your child in and you say this is the way and they grow up as Scientologists and they over here stalking people uh, <laughs> all day. That's a form of, of what he's talking about. So I, I, I mm-hmm. think there's degrees in which your point, you're not wrong, but um, I am an advocate of let's chop these genes up and get these super kids popping so but- we can go to yeah and honestly like you know i think that's in that same vein like passing something on to your kids that is it ethical like let's say you have a genetic disorder and if you have children that child will also have the genetic disorder like this is where crispr is like a huge uh like you know benefit because it could get rid of that gene from getting passed on and like improve the child's life all i know is that there's some serious questions that people are going to have to answer and no one's going to agree on anything yeah. So I, yeah, by the so way, like, that, that's, so like where, every day. that's where he, he might be like secretly the smartest person ever is just saying like, fuck it, let's do all of it anyways and go pedal to the metal because we're never going to agree on how to handle this. Humans, we're never going to agree. There, there are too many strong opinions about how these steps should be taken where we're just, it, it's going, someone's going to hit the brakes on it pretty soon because we won't be able to, to figure out <clears> a way and, forward. And guys, think about this. You know who's probably doing the most of this testing? The Russians are probably definitely gene edited their athletes. Yeah, and they've because de- you can't test for it. The or Chinese, the, the Chinese, they're <laughs> only making they're only making hockey players though. Like what a waste! <laughs> yeah, nobody cares. Chinese, well, the, the gymnasts and the Chinese like, are crushing at, at diving. Their dive team has probably been genetically edited for Dude. years and years. That's probably why they imprisoned that scientist that did the twins testing because they're like that guy. We want that guy just sitting in a state run lab cranking out yeah. uh balance beam performers dude they, they even put a curler on peds on the russian team love a it curler yeah like try to get Jesus. these medals like, dog they gotta get this gold at any by any means that, so, what it comes down to is i think he wants to he wants to have the world be like as close to a video game mm-hmm. as possible you know I, mm-hmm. and like to a certain extent i respect <clears throat> I, I, think I think I'm just over this reality in general. Like this, this <laughs> we, is whack. Bro. We talked we about this. Trash. You're you're still stuck in Avatar mode, where you got that, done that watching Avatar, and you're like, "Fuck! There, why isn't the world like this?" I need my dreadlock to have tentacles, <laughs> and I want to lock it with some shit, bro. I want to. I want to. I want to fuck the forest. No question. All right. Well, um, I I think that probably covers most bases. I don't know. I don't really have bases to cover today because it's just such a wild conversation to be having. Um, but yeah. I like I, I like the great. direction where it went. <laughs> Billy, your, big else, frog. Billy? It's my big dog. <laughs> All right, so um, that'll be it for us today. We love you guys as always. Constructive criticism is welcome as long as you tell us that we're handsome while you're doing it. Next week, mm-hmm. we so we were thinking about maybe doing data harvesting, data mining, online privacy, that sort of thing. Arian said the word Scientologist earlier. That is also – that could be something that we could get into. I don't know. What do you guys think? Dude, we could – yeah. I think data science is like a heavy one. And like it would be like – you know, mm. there's some funny points. I think we're going to do it eventually. But I think Scientology is fucking hilarious, dog. And I think we got to tackle that shit. And yeah, you know who else is a little more Scientology than people think? Tom Mormons. Yeah. Mormons believe in like – Planets some, and spaceships. Wow, they believe special guest yeah. Tom Cruise coming on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, tweet at Tom Cruise to come on the show yeah. for sure. Oh, you know uh, who was the the lady from? Um, uh, uh, Leah Remini. Yes, she like had this whole documentary on the shit, and like them motherfuckers are crazy. Like I'm talking about 
not like not even like CIA level type fucking with people, bro. Like it's wild. oh yeah, good. Um, well, they, they sound like a great enemy for us to make. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they make enemies real quick. So I, I'm, I have no problem with it. However, next Tuesday is 420. Oh, oh yeah. Well, then, good point, Coley. That that's the kind of foresight that we need. Mm-hmm. So I think we have mm-hmm. to do what the history of drug laws, the history of marijuana. Or we can, yeah, I mean, it's a layup for that day. Yeah, I like that history of marijuana. Good point. I like that. Yeah, we got three chi episode. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good call, Coley. We'll save the Scientology stuff for later. And plus, yeah, they're not going anywhere. When we do that episode, (laughs) uh, just for the record, it's Big T's episode. It's his idea, and he's the one who's (laughs) going to be piloting Big THC. No, no, no. I'm talking about the Scientology one. I'm pointing. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, just saying yeah. for the record, if anybody from the Church of Scientology is listening, it's Big T. This is his thing. He's got a weird axe to grind against you guys. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. So it, all complaints should be directed at him. But yeah, next week, I love it. Next week, the history of marijuana. Love you guys. Mm. Mm. Mm.